Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. The Good News with Angie Austin and Rachel Maines. Rachel is joining me as she does weekly, and we're talking about being a single Christian and some of the crazy responses that uh, people have gotten. She posted something on her Facebook asking what are the craziest responses or comments you've uh, gotten about being a single Christian. She's going to lay them on us. Welcome to you, Rachel Maines. Thank you, Angie. Love being on your show. And I love talking about this topic because, you know, interestingly, um, uh, or maybe not so interestingly, I got a lot of um, people reaching out to me, thanking me. I got texts, I got inbox messages, I got phone calls, I got in-person thank yous. And I thought, wow, okay, you know, people are really interested in this topic. And I think a lot of singles um, feel alone. And we've had a culture, culture shift. Um, back in our grandparents' days, even parents' days, people got married very young. Our culture has shifted now where people are waiting uh, later in life, and then that leaves kind of the Christians. When I talk to Christians, um, male or female, um, I go to a singles group now, too, at church, which is, which is great. But when I talk to people, um, they're like, yeah, you kind of feel like, uh, not directly, but indirectly, um, you're a weird one if you're you know, after 30s or 40s and not married and you don't really fit in. You feel like uh, misplaced as a Christian. So this is definitely a hot topic. And so I asked on my Facebook page, um, you know, what's some of the craziest, silliest things or oddest things that people have said to you being Christ- uh, being single? And one of the things said to me on multiple occasions is, um, well, you're too nice, too sweet. And it always kind of made me laugh. Sometimes it made me laugh, and then other times it made me frustrated. And I thought, well, you know, this is the core of my personality, so now you're telling me i got to be a different personality. But the bigger um, conversation here really is um, no married person is perfect. Everybody has weird kinks, and that's the point, right? When you fall in love, you fall in love because of their, their weird kinks or maybe just in spite of. So it's, it's kind of sending a wrong message if you're trying to fix singles because you're coming under the assumption that there's something wrong. And that's the surprising thing, too, that so many people yeah. say there must be something wrong with you or they'll say something like this. Well, you know, thank you so much for this post, Rachel. But I just have to say, like, in my personal experience, any guy that's, like, still single, like, at our age, there's something wrong with him. And then <laughs> a guy wrote, uh, you know, Rachel, what I've, I think there's something wrong with us, you know, like you and me, basically, saying <laughs> if we're still single like at this age or something wrong with us how about maybe you haven't met the right person yet or maybe you were in a long-term relationship um for you've had two at least long-term relationships where you were out of the market maybe for like five six seven eight years yeah exactly well first of all you know facebook people don't know like you would know angie my intimate details of my life um and so that's kind of a can of worms right there but yes the assumption there is something wrong if you're single. And you know, too, Christians, we should think differently. We should think like the Bible. So that's kind of my, the, the major thing I want to talk about. 
we're not supposed to think like the world. So if we believe that there's a God, he's sovereign over everybody's lives, um, and he has a plan, why don't we take that consideration, too, into our overall worldview when we, when we talk to singles? Um, you know, and especially if you know a single who's, you know, really trying to live the Bible, wants to honor the Lord, um, is a humble person, you know, full of repentance, and, and someone who just really, truly wants to, to do God's best. Then, you know, okay, if they're still single, and there's nothing glaringly, you know, something that they're doing that would be opposite than the Bible, then the Lord truly, the reason they're single is because the Lord wants them single at this moment. And you can pray for them. So, you know, and I, just to jump back to something you said on Facebook and here about people yeah. saying that maybe you're single because guys don't like you because you're too sweet. <clears throat> I have to be honest with you, of all of my friends, and you know, over the years of working at NBC in LA, I've worked in San Diego, Santa Barbara, now here, uh, Denver. Uh, I have met and known a lot of single girls. And I think that's why people give you so much advice because we've all been single. All people have been single, so they all think they're an expert right. and can help you not be single. But of all the right. friends I've ever met, I have to be honest, you are the number one surprising single that I am honestly and say to most people that I meet that know you, because I just bumped into a couple that knows you, or you know that people who've met you or I tell about you, I'm like, my friend Rachel, I have no idea why she's still single because she has a great figure. She's super tiny. She's really articulate. She's beautiful. She has long red hair. Uh, she's super friendly. She's kind. She's a great Christian girl. She's been a friend of mine for 20 years. I don't know why she's single. And you are the number one person, Rachel. What I don't, I'll admit that I don't, I have no idea why you're single. It just doesn't even make sense to me because you have everything that would be great in a marriage and as a partner and as a mom. And so it is perplexing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, also, likewise, I go through seasons of like, what is the deal? Mm -hmm. You know, um, but then, too, that could kind of in my personal walk, it was a stumbling block as yes. well. because I got so frustrated and I yes. was asked about it all the time. So then I went off course of Bible in trust of the Lord. So it's kind of, well, how do we get somebody who's um, in my position, too, because I know a lot of uh, friends who are in the same position. They're like, oh, you're, you're really, you have a great personality. You're successful. You're beautiful too. You know, how do I then talk to them in a way that will put them full of faith and trust in the Lord? And that's, I think, the key thing is we got to um, craft our, when we talk to people and it, to build them in faith and not doubt, to build them in um, uh, trust and not despair. So sometimes we want to help people, but maybe we're because of, and it's not all our fault as well. I, I want to say that it's not like we have to be perfect people and talk to people perfectly. But always keep in mind how do we build my my fellow Christian sister in the Lord in faith? How can I um, build them up in such a way where they can keep on trusting the Lord, and then pray for them too? You know, that's the biggest thing. You know, um, it's interesting that. What I just said about you being, you know, so attractive is that the other that another gal wrote, I won't use the whole name, but Amanda said, um, I was told you're too pretty to be single and that it was assumed that I wasn't nice because I was a redhead um, and attractive and that I'd never get on a day, date because of these two reasons. She said, I'm not ch single. I'm just chiming in. And that's kind of maybe something you get that people assume you aren't single and you do look a lot younger than you are. Um, people assume probably that you are taken. Um, right. 
but I, I definitely think that you've gotten in the right venues, you know, Christian singles groups, and now you're going to do some of these activities with singles where you go hiking or, you know, go boating or whatever, which I think sounds like a blast, whether you're single or not. So how cool that you can right. meet people in a way that uh, that pressure is so weird when you meet for that coffee or that blind date or that whatever. I kind of had a formula right. when I lived in Los Angeles that I'd meet at Starbucks, like two, two, maybe a mile from my house. And so I yeah. could just, you know, walk down there, ride my bike, drive, whatever park have a coffee and then if it was just really not meant to be and really uncomfortable i'm done and there are restaurants down there too so then if i wanted to that way i'm not like driving all across the city halfway across la and i'm meeting some you know someone on my turf but not at my house because it's a it's a whole it's a job to be single and wanting to and wanting to find someone yeah it's like you know putting job applications out there can be exhausting um yeah and and two, when when I was on It's Just Lunch, that's why I decided to finally be like, you know, I can't do this anymore because <clears throat> it was expensive for the initial pay. And then it was $100 a month. And then they were setting me up on dates with people I was not attracted to in any capacity. So the whole day, I'm like, okay, how am I going to at the end gently say, hey, nice to meet you, but no more dates. <laughs> you know, Very it's uncomfortable. It's, what's um, those money? Is it, it, the, it's just lunch, the one you did in Denver. I'm just disappointed yeah. that not only did they charge you a big chunk in front and they give you this dream of we're going to perfectly match you, but they didn't pay right. attention to anything you were asking for and just randomly set you up with people you could have easily met on your own that you didn't like and weren't attracted to right. and didn't meet your criteria for the kind of people you wanted to date. And um, wow, they, they probably were thrilled to get you to set up with you know people because then they had men paying to go on dates with you and then you still pay $100 a month. So a lot of these, a lot of these places should be ashamed because they're preying on that vulnerability of someone who really wants to be in a relationship. Right. And, you know, I had heard from two other people and one was male and he's like, I tried that, you know, terrible experience, another female. And she, um, likewise was was set up on dates with, she's like, did they pay attention to, uh, you know, what I was telling them my personality was and stuff. And she, she told me, she didn't think they had critical thinking skills. I <laughs> was funny. Oh, that is. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, in terms of my question on Facebook, which was the silliest, oddest comments, you know, uh, some other ones here is um, uh, my friend, uh, I won't say her name, but she was just saying that, you know, one time she had a bad day and, you know, she's single and her friend said, well, you don't have a, a you don't have kids and you're not married. So why should you be upset about life? I thought that was kind of interesting. Wait, say that uh, again. Yeah, so she was just upset and trying to talk to a friend, and the friend said, you're single, you have a job and no kids, so what could you possibly be upset about? <laughs> oh, I just read that on your page, yeah, and she's adorable. Yeah, you're single, yeah, you have a job and no kids. What, what, maybe she wants to have kids and not be single. Isn't that the point of why she's upset? You know, people sometimes right. are, 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 are not very sensitive. You know, our, fa- our friend Beatrice Bruno, who lost her husband a couple of years ago, one uh, she's pretty rock solid, doesn't cry a lot. And she um, she did a sermon. Uh, she evangelized at her husband's funeral. She spoke and it was amazing. And then one of her friends called her the next day or two and she said, I think I'm more upset or I feel more of a loss about losing your husband than you do. Who says what? that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just yeah. the things people and I wonder if they do it purposefully to hurt someone or if they're I, I want to believe it's they're just not thinking that it they accidentally right. say something, uh, you know, that's hurtful to people. Anything else on your uh, page that stood out from well, comments people I think have this made? Is, 
Yeah, I think this is pretty funny. Um, so someone said to somebody, the secret to relationships is doing things with people. <laughs> so you tell a single person, hey, the secret to relationships is doing things with people. And I'm sure he was like, okay. <laughs> and you're like, I'd like to find a person to do something with. Well, and then the other complicating factors, you might find someone that's really perfect, both of you. And at some points of your life, it's just not a good time to be committed. I mean, some people like, I'll tell you, I don't think my husband would have committed to anyone before he was 30. A lot of people are really driven right. and just aren't in a place where they can be committed to a partner. And then you narrow down the pool even more, and you're like, well, I want a Christian single. Out of curiosity, did that Just Lunch place set you up with Christians like you wanted to be set up with? No. At first, it was like spiritual people. And so then I had to explain, no, you know, someone, and I then I said, well, you know, maybe non-denominational church. I thought that would be good. Um, and then from there, the last day they went on, he was Christian, but he was living in Nebraska, and just coming to Denver today, and he was the most shyest person. Not that shy is a bad quality. It's just not a good fit for, for me. And I just thought, why are they sent me up with somebody, a dentist in Nebraska, who's, like, super shy? <laughs> well, it, it's, it's so. interesting, too, that they would set you up with, quote-unquote, spiritual people, because somebody that mm -hmm. likes crystals and the universe and auras, right. and that, that has nothing to do with, like, uh, the Christian's lifestyle. And so they obviously didn't understand um, what you were looking no. for. All right. Exactly. I had to you, kind of explain, hey, maybe pick people in like this type of church, you know. Um, one well, guy was go ahead. Catholic, which, you know, I mean, you can be saved in a Catholic, you know, um, but I just wouldn't join the Catholic religion. Right. You, know? like, so, you weren't open to joining. Yeah. that His church. Yeah. So that'd be something to, to work through. But at least they were getting down the right path rather than somebody that likes Christmas. Right. All right, Rachel right, Maines just yeah. rebranded. It's Rachel Maines Communication and PR, and she also has a radio show, Corner Cafe, and they can go to your website that you built. And where can they find that, Rachel? Yeah, just rachelmaines.com. rachelmaines.com, and she built my website if you want to check that one out, too. It's angieaustin.org. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Ange. Sedalia is listening to KLTT, the mighty 670. ARC thrift stores have been an essential part of Colorado's economy with an economic impact of over $2.3 billion in the last 15 years. During the shutdowns due to COVID-19, ARC thrift stores distributed over 200 tons of food to people in need and distributed thousands of pounds of essential supplies to homeless shelters and child care centers. That included over 100 million pounds of recycled donations to keep them out of landfills. ARC annually provides services to more than 9,000 people with intellectual or developmental disabilities. Unlike other nonprofit organizations, their outreach has never ended. Right now, ARC has three to five relief efforts per week. When you shop at your local ARC, your hard-earned money directly supports a company that gives back to its community. Decide to shop today at the ARC thrift store near you. Find the nearest location at arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com.
Hi, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news. Well, today we are talking about daring to dream. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, or LLS, is leading the charge to improve treatment, care, and outcomes for children with blood cancer. Joining us in a sponsored interview is Courtney Addison. Courtney is the mom of a pediatric cancer survivor, just a teeny little boy when he was diagnosed, and Dr. Gwen Nichols, Chief Medical Officer of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. They're doing so much great work. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for having us. All right, I want to start uh, with you, Courtney. Um, I, I was reading, you know, a little background about your um, situation uh, in your son's case, and I was tell us about your journey, a little about your story first. Yeah, absolutely. So in March of 2020, um, at the age of three, as you mentioned, uh, my son Caden was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And a couple days later, we actually found out that he had a rare form that only happens in about 3% of cases called Philadelphia chromosome. And I was completely devastated, as you can imagine. Um, and what that meant from having this rare form was that he was moved from something called standard risk to high risk. And so that involved more intensive chemotherapy treatments. Um, you know, he had to endure lots of surgeries, overnight hospital stays. And it was very challenging, not just on him physically, um, but as the entire family emotionally, it was Mm -hmm. completely devastating. And, you know, it's something that I never imagined. He was a happy, healthy, strong little boy. And so getting this diagnosis really turned our world upside down. Are there other children in the family? Yes, he does have an older brother, um, Christian, who was five at the time. And I'm assuming this was really scary for him as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, him and his brother are the best of friends. Um, they absolutely adore each other. And it was really hard because, you know, we would be in the hospital for weeks at a time. And so, you know, he would only be able to see him on FaceTime or something like that. And it was very scary and very difficult for both of our boys during this time. Well, I'll switch to you, Dr. Brown. I want to come back, um, Courtney, and talk about how he's doing now. And I know you're a champion of the work the LLS is doing. So let's find out, um, uh, Dr. Nichols, about the Dare to Dream project. Um, it's kind of transforming treatment and care for kids with blood cancer that LLS is uh, you know, uh, headlining. Uh, tell us about this program. So this is a, a bold you know, initiative that um, expands what we've done and continue to do for pediatric blood cancer patients, we realized that while we're curing kids like Caden, um, there's a lot of toxicity. Uh, You heard Courtney tell you um, what Caden has been through and what many kids continue to go through, even into adulthood. Mm -hmm. We've been treating um, blood cancers like small adult cancers, and, and kids have a different biology, and, and we need to develop new therapies that are less toxic, that don't leave kids with long-term side effects, and that help them um, be healthy adults, uh, not only just get cured. Uh, and, and that's what this initiative is about, enhanced research of a really bold new clinical trial that's global where everyone works together uh, to develop these new targeted therapies and a lot of expansion of the support, both financial, emotional, and educational that LLS offers for patients, for their siblings, and for their families. Yeah, the work you do is amazing. I've done many interviews over my 25 years in the news business just uh, about, you know, generally with uh, doctors and um, either a patient or, in this case, the mother of a patient. And it's it's uh, 
just unbelievable the work you do in just so many arms of help that you give the families. Now, when you talk about this targeted treatment, I know that they've made so many cancer advancements, and I'm fascinated by how you can target certain types of cancer. And in terms of the kids, I didn't even think about that. Here you've got this three-year-old, the, the toxicity. So here you have this three-year-old child, and you're treating them with the toxic chemicals that may also be used for a 33-year-old, but this child's still growing, and this child is in the midst of so many changes in their body. So the treatment uh, needs could be very different. Uh, and then this kid could have some very long-term effects. Is that what you're saying? You're trying to uh, change Absolutely. maybe the treatment for the kids so that they don't have the long-term effects? You bet. And the other, and thank you for that, because I think many people, well, we've all been focused on cure, and that is the most important thing. And I'm happy to say we're doing much better in getting kids through the therapy. But we're we're not focusing on what causes cancer in a six-year-old versus what causes cancer in a 60-year-old. And mm-hmm. we're using the 60-year-old's drugs for the six-year-old. Right. And that just doesn't make sense. And so we need to change that paradigm. And LLS has started this initiative to really put a major effort to doing that and to getting people to collaborate. Does us no good to do this in silos. And mm-hmm. so that's why we can come and say, please join us in this effort to do better for everyone. Now, in terms of, um, you know, the cure you said is the most important doctor. So, Courtney, let's uh, uh, turn back to you uh, and talk about, you know, the other things LLS does that some people may not know, you know, in helping you and your family uh, throughout your experience with your son and uh, Caden and why you're such a champion for the work they're doing. Yes. So I was actually introduced to LLS um, shortly after Caden's diagnosis and Again, as you can imagine, the emotions that I felt were completely overwhelming at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't quite know how to process what was happening. And so I really wanted a way to channel those emotions and that this very difficult time into something that could be more productive. And one of the ways that I did that was through education. So, um, you know, I wanted to learn as much as I could about this terrible disease. I wanted to learn um, all of the side effects and treatment options and things like that so that I could best advocate for my son. Um, you know, he's three. He can't advocate for himself. He's depending on me. And so LLS has an incredible uh, library of resources, um, people that are there to help so that I could really go into those doctor's appointments with a plan and, and sounding educated and feeling educated and empowered um, to stand up for Caden to make sure that he was getting the care that he needed and also addressing those side effects that he inevitably did have to face and that he's still dealing with today. So talk about how he's doing this. Was the diagnosis was in 2020. How's Caden doing now? He is doing great, and I'm so, so happy to report that as of April of this year, he is officially done with treatment, no more chemo. Um, I'm very excited. Um, but as we mentioned, um, there are still side effects. So he still has to see a specialist. He's still in physical therapy. And he actually still has to take some medications to deal with the side effects of his treatment. And he's only five. Yeah. Um, you know, he's went to kindergarten. I didn't, you know, every morning we had to give him medicine. And at night we still have to give him medicine. And so it's still a journey. Um, but we are completely thankful that at least the chemotherapy part of this is done. 
Well, uh, so happy to hear that. Um, I, I just can't even imagine, you know, what you went through seeing your kid in pain. I've got three of them, and uh, boy, it's a tough situation uh, and being yeah. in the dark, not knowing how what the outcome is going to be. So, Courtney, thank you so much for sharing your story. And Dr. Nichols, uh, thank you for all you do for others. Your work is just amazing, and the LLS there was so much good for uh, so many people. So, thanks for your hard work because it do- does make a huge difference in the world. Do you have a uh, a website for us? Yes, and thank you, Angie, for spreading the word. Uh, I think that's the most important thing is that people find us uh, when they're in crisis like Courtney was. Uh, so please, if you your listeners know someone who has a blood cancer, direct them to us. Uh, they can go to lls.org, or even better, they can call our 1-800 number. That's one 800 955 Four five seven two. We have uh, social workers and health educators who will answer the phone and help you find the resources you need. Yeah, the first stop might be your doctor, but the second stop, if you get the diagnosis that concerns uh, the LLS, that should be your second call. Uh, thank you so much, Courtney and Dr. Nichols. Thank you thank so you. much for having us. All right, changing gears, I have a question for you. Have you gotten your COVID booster? I have, and the grandparents have. Uh, Well, joining us today to discuss this and more in this sponsored interview is Dr. Tom Ellison, the Medical Services Director for Project Help and the Alabama State Director for Doctors for America, Incorporated. Welcome, Dr. Ellison. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. All right, so if we've already had our vaccine, why is it so important to get the booster? Uh, that's because depending on people's bodies, the, the vaccines can wane in certain individuals. So that may be at full strength two months after you get your initial vaccination, then maybe at five months it's waned a little bit. So the booster will come in and help keep you at that therapeutic level you need to maintain uh, sufficient antibodies and resistance. All right. Now, um my the grandparents have already gotten their second booster um if you're around you know mm-hmm. 50 or up do you need that second one um just as much as somebody who might be in their 70s or 80s yes i, I think it's an individual uh, decision and the individual right to make sure that you are fully protected and that's what the vaccines are, are for they're made to save you, your life complications if you do up, uh, get one of the disorders diseases and to make sure that your outcomes are better so we want to make sure that you have a level that's good enough to protect you from anything and the side effects and from long-term injury and care and even going into the hospital. Now, what about um, the new variants or sub-variants? What do people need to understand about the possibility of those and whether or not, um, you know, there a lot of people think, oh, well, I've already, you know, had, uh, you know, a shot or I already had COVID. I don't really need to get a booster. Well, and even if they've had COVID, again, the antibodies may be waning. And then there are different variants, and the vaccines are doing a great job of keeping up with the variants, and that's why you may need a booster. If you had it a long time ago, it may not have been as adequate to cover all the variants, but the boosters do. So that's another reason to, yet to go ahead and get a booster. Uh, again, to keep that therapeutic level up, to keep you from having harm done to you and your body. Now, in terms of... Um when you should get the booster if you've had COVID. Uh, one of my family members got COVID but still wanted the booster. Um, when, how do you wait? Um, how, how do you go about doing that? Yes. Yeah. The best thing to do with that is to check with the person that gave you the original vaccine. They should have a record and they will have uh, guidelines for when you should get your booster based on that. 
uh, we go to vaccines.gov. They have information on that, and they, I actually registered online, so it sends me updates and lets me know how many days I have left uh, before I need to get another booster. And it keeps a record so that you can print and document if you need it. And then you can also uh, text your zip code to 438829. That'll tell you the places that are nearby and to help you update your boosters as well. That's good to know. All right. Um, in terms of the future, uh, a lot of people are worried that, oh, you're yeah. going to have to get a you know booster shot just like I get a flu shot every year. What do you say to, uh, uh, do, we, do we know yet? Oh, we're not certain. But if that does occur, uh, people do get flu shots each year. And they don't seem to have much issues with that. And while I've heard that the flu causes more death than COVID, that's never been true. But if we do uh, get into that situation, then we can just go ahead. I'm sure they'll have a combination soon when you get the combination flu and COVID shot simultaneously like they do now. So um, I don't think that's any cause for people to be alarmed about because what we're trying to do is make sure to protect you, your family, your children, and your loved ones. Now, in terms of deciding, Dr. Ellison, um, which uh, booster to get, is one better than the others? Like, initially, I'd had Johnson & Johnson, so then I had to make a decision about where I wanted to go next. Again, I would talk with the person that gave me my original vaccination. Right, anything else you Johnson want people Johnson, to know, our listeners to know, Johnson, that Johnson you think booster. is important? Because I know some uh, people some are people still scared about Pfizer, the vaccine in general, Moderna, which um, you know, I'm hoping that that is, uh, over time, um, some of their fears have been um, you know, allayed. They, they, they realize many of their friends and relatives have gotten the vaccine and have uh, many of them been better off for it. So I'm hoping that fears have decreased. I think they have decreased. Uh, I was talking to one of my partners who was a neurosurgeon, and he was saying that a patient was trusting him to uh, do surgery on his brain was afraid to get a COVID shot. And he asked him, if you trust me enough to cut your into your skull, then you should trust me enough to give you an injection. Talk to your loved ones and people that you trust to help assist with that process. Thank you. It was my honor. Be safe. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.